Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, where queer thought leadership meets personal growth and social justice. Now, as a coach, I work with gay men to help them live out their unique and vital role in society to lead others in creating a more evolved and humane world. If you're a gay man, what are your experiences in leading others? in leadership, whether that be on the personal level level, with, you know, friends or perhaps in a social group or perhaps in some sort of a social justice group that you belong to or in the work space. There's a lot of different environments in which you can find yourself in a leadership role. And I thought I would pose the question live to get a number of people's feedback. So on a Facebook group geared to LGBTQ professionals, I posted the following question. I'm creating a small group mastermind for gay men to explore their unique and vital role in society and to create meaningful humanitarian change in the world. Currently, I'm creating the structure and preparing the content for the program, but there is one vital question that will make all the difference in the direction I take. To know this, I need your help. So feel free to provide as little or as much detail to the question below. What's the single biggest leadership challenge you face at work or in your personal life as a gay man? Now, I had a number of 25 plus responses and and they were fascinating because they covered a whole breadth of concerns sometimes right in the middle without really much judgment um sometimes they were really positive aspects other times they were classic negative or shadow aspects of of who we are as human beings of who we sometimes are as gay men and other you know shadow aspects of just humanity at large and i wanted to ask this question because i wanted to see you know one am i on the right track with this work that i'm doing but two if i wanted to sort of chart a particular path with the direction I'm taking with this mastermind or incubator. I haven't quite got the right um, name for this yet. But I want to jump to talking about some of my observations before I sort of pull out a few things that people said. And I'm, I'm trying to keep things as neutral and not naming names so that there's no, you know, going back to finding out who said what. But I noticed there was a relatively large amount of defensiveness, negative mindset, fear of disclosure, and fear of the gay spirit, who we are as gay men, and living out that part of who we are. Now, this was in no way a scientific uh, research uh, where I could account for certain things, and the way in which I asked the question may have accounted for the way in which people uh, responded to it. I didn't if you you know remember the question I asked, I didn't put any kind of limitations or framing on the question. So if I wanted to get a different type of response or if I wanted to avoid, let's say, um, a negative or defensive posture around 
problems that people face, I could have asked the question in that way. I wanted to keep this as open as possible. There was a little bit of ignorance of some history of, you know, LGBTQ history, how we got to this point, the kind of rights um, that we've gained in different countries. And I'm thinking primarily Canada and the United States. But then there was some ignorance, surprisingly, around this presumption that, you know, we've got it good here in Canada. Um which was a kind of complacency because, yes, while we do have it good to a certain point in Canada, one, it depends on where you live, and sometimes it doesn't even matter. You can live right downtown in the heart of the gay ghetto, and you can be um, living in fear of a serial killer uh, by the name of Bruce MacArthur, who was just recently sentenced to not quite life in prison, which is a travesty of justice for a number of different reasons, but that's another topic possibly for another day. So we never know what someone might do to try and literally take us out of existence. Now, the serial killer had nothing to do with this. This is a person who is very sick on a psychological level. I'm talking about governments, the Doug Ford, Ontario, um, progressive conservative party, uh, Trump in the United States, uh, other provincial governments in Canada that are looking at how they can bring more aspects of populism into, you know, we don't know how secure our rights are until the next government comes into power. And the majority or minority of people and their belief systems and how they put them into power and what they're expecting. Um, and that's going to play out always in the game of politics. And it's a game because it's never really about ethics. I believe on the most part, it's about trying to satisfy one's constituents, whether that be right or wrong. Again, that's just my opinion. There was a, a response from some people, a very much all or nothing, you know, putting entire groups, communities, or people into single containers, like saying, everyone is like this, or the radical LGBTQ movement is, you know, making things difficult uh, for this aspect of my life, or that's just too gay, or, you know, I'm the kind of person that puts my money into these organizations to work for our rights, but I don't appreciate seeing naked people at Pride or men wearing leather chaps with their butts exposed. The one thing that I was really happy to see was that the language or the jargon that people were using, and maybe this is how I asked the question, was about humanity, was about the personal experience. So there was no leadership jargon, like coming out of a book by, you know, so-and-so who's known as a person who manages organizations and talks about this kind of like structure or systematic approach to leadership, which is not what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is how people feel and where they come from that place of feeling about who they are as a... Um, a self-accepting individual, and do they uh, see themselves as accepted in their external environment? And then how do they lead themselves first before they lead others? Are they being seen and heard and appreciated? One, I'll go through just a few examples of people. Somebody talked about uh, his challenge to say no. 
both personally and professionally, you know, always wanting to say yes to volunteer at an event or a work project comes along and somebody says, can you do this? And he'll say yes. A project comes along and he'll say yes. And he was wondering, is this is this an aspect of my gay male being? And he was wondering if it was a, a combination of a fear of missing out or want to be a driven, successful professional. I forget the name of the author who talked about, and I think the book might even be called The Best Little Boy in the World. The, what's potentially happening here, I'm not going to put this in a framework and saying this is what's happening, is that often as gay men, when we've been in the closet, when we've not felt accepted or looked upon for the truth of who we are, not being recognized for our authenticity, we seek to become the best, type A, to outdo everyone else, or to be a pleaser, to make other people happy around us. Because if the people around us are happy, they'll be experiencing joy or happiness or pleasure by us simply being in their vicinity. And they might not question too deeply about who we are because they're like, oh yeah, John is always making me feel good. John is always saying yes and helping me out. And that'll be the way in which they'll see us and they'll frame us within their lives as someone who brings them joy. They'll never go too deep. And by always pleasing someone else, you can potentially either, one, avoid going into the deeper, more uh, explosive, <laughs> exposing conversations about who you really are, or if you're feeling bad about yourself as an element of gay shame, if you feel like you're never good enough because you were brought up in an environment where if you heard everything that was said or saw everything saw everything on TV that was like, gay ain't good, you're trying to gain external validation and acceptance from the outside world, which leads to maybe always wanting to say yes. Another aspect in the workplace a few people mentioned was not being able to talk openly about their partner. And not much more detail was given about this, but it is very common that we can just say my partner and we can avoid the gender specific pronoun. And even saying that when I hear myself say that, you know, that's another question, because if you're trans, gender specificity, gender identity is a whole other issue. And a lot of trans people suffer and are challenged by society not wanting to accept their chosen new name or, or gender pronoun. So that is definitely um, a challenge. One gay man said something really quite wonderful and really insightful. Um, the, the difficulty in wanting to, or the challenge in wanting to set aside, you know, his gayness and all of the issues that are there for him, and, and to critically observe himself as a white male, and to recognize that he is privileged with his upbringing and where he lives and, and the income that he has and the kind of job that he has. And he wasn't sure how he could then, I guess, enjoy, <laughs> exhibit his, his gayness, thinking, well, I've got to go put my energy into, you know, being an ally to women and people of color. Well, you can do all of those things and you can show up in the boardroom as an ally uh, or as someone who can utilize his privilege for good, for the betterment and improvement of other people who may not be in that same boardroom and may not have that same level of privilege. 
speaking of the opposite of not being able to talk about one's partner, someone said, you know, I'm totally out at work. And on the surface, that might seem fine, but recognizing that there are people that will talk behind my back and say negative things, but never to my face and feeling that, you know, this prejudice is alive and well, and this person is in the States and looks at, you know, the current leadership in in Trump and, and what Trump says in the media and in, in tweets that seems to empower other people that may have not in the past so openly daringly uh, or provocatively spoken in a negative way about LGBTQ people. One person mentioned living in Mexico where you just, at least where he was, uh, in the government in Mexico, he couldn't be out. He couldn't live out of the closet. And the only way he was able to manage um, being a happier, uh, self-accepting and out gay man was to move into entrepreneurship and work for himself where he could be completely free. Someone talked about the complacency of other gay men, that when he does activist work, you know, a lot of people say, well, this is a really great idea, and I think this is important, and I'll stand behind you. But when it comes to the time of saying, okay, well, I need your help, I would like you to help you either volunteer or make phone calls, those individuals that said, yeah, great idea, just disappear. And his statement was that community and civic engagement require at least some bit of sacrifice, and it's just too easy to sit on the side and criticize. Well, that that's unfortunately the way of so many people. It's easy to be a critic. It is far more effort to take an active role, to create something, to be part of a movement, and to put your time and energy into Um, having the courage and the bravery and the vulnerability to be that person. One person was uncomfortable with the so-called negative stereotypes or double standards that he feels that many of the more flamboyant or activist side of the LGBT collective seem to perpetrate. And he feels like they don't understand when's an appropriate time for them to do these things or that he gets lumped into that more provocative activist and flamboyant group and he doesn't see himself as that kind of a person and feels that he may be dragged down by association. And I think that's just a situation where even in another kind of radical politics that had nothing to do with LGBTQ um, humanitarian rights or, or, or diversity, one feels that a particular kind of activism is just too far to the radical side for them, and that doesn't make them comfortable. And And that's on one level, fine. This belief that you're being dragged down, I think, is more a fear that could be kind of an internalized homophobia or just a gay shame that, you know, wow, these people are so out there and so flamboyant. Everyone thinks that gays are just like this, which is certainly not the truth. But that's something we're always going to have to work with and work against to clarify and eradicate that kind of perspective in other people's minds uh, while we are working towards a a balance where everyone is respected for who they are and, and for their humanity. 
Now, the last one I want to talk about, which I found fascinating, is this this person is in the military and he's been out, which is fantastic. Now, um, this is in the United States and he's, he basically said he finds it exhausting that it's so much work to always be out and he wasn't sure if he's being inauthentic because he feels like he has to force himself to to come out in different situations, to make it clear that his partner is another man by his partner's name, which is a clearly masculine or man's name. So I asked him some further questions and we got more to the root of it. And I realized it's a couple of things. It's in one part, this loneliness of leadership where people are looking up to him. Maybe there's a bigger part of him that just wants to live his life as a gay man, but not always feel like he has to be in this position of leadership. But in his work, his his uh, position in the military is one of leadership. And because he's been out for so long, this, let's just call it here for frame of reference, this characteristic, this aspect of who he is, this where he's led from, has perhaps attracted a lot of people to respect and follow him, but has also given hope to other people who may or may not be still in the closet and look up to him as a leader. That carries a weight. That carries a a concern for him about, am I a good representative? Am I the best person to do this? And that's definitely a challenge for the individual, but one that shows his extreme vulnerability, courage, and bravery at the same time to to recognize that he may not be recognizing that this is a gift at the moment per se, and it is what he's experiencing, I believe, but that he's humble in this moment at the same time. For me, this was a really fascinating journey to see the humanity, to see the human experience from all of these responses, from all of these different individuals. And, you know, I've kept it just to gay men because I'm focusing just on gay men for a couple different reasons. There will, of course, always be a politics within this framing, uh, both a good and a bad thing. Um, I want to expand this leadership idea perhaps into more of a larger LGBTQ spectrum. But there's so many other things I believe that need to be considered. I'm choosing this path right now or this sort of limiter of just working with gay men and then look to build upon the collaborative and social orientation, which is one of the gay male gifts, and expand that outwards and to find and attract other individuals that can bring an expertise that I do not have to this mastermind, to this incubator. Coming up over the next uh, week or so of episodes, I'm going to be going much more into different aspects of leadership, talking more about like, what is gay leadership? What are sort of the core, essential humanitarian approaches to leadership? Um, I want to actually speak about the loneliness of leadership and what that means. And different ideas around leadership in the sense of leadership versus recruitment and leading yourself first, not seeking to lead followers, but seeking to lead 
thinkers and doers and action takers. So the door is open because as I'm sharing more of this with you, I invite you to, if you want to learn more, if you want to talk about the the challenges of leading as a gay man and how you can improve that part of who you are to have a bigger evolutionary impact on the world around you, then head over to my website, darrensteel.com slash coaching or just click on that item for the menu and, and request a discovery call with me so that we can find out where you're at with all of this and and see if this mastermind would be a fit for you. So until next time, live out and live proud. <laughs>